everybody, welcome back to the Sunny Day Review. I'm Brad. I'm Jillian. Jillian, how are you? Good, good. I am uh, both semi-excited and semi-dreading getting into this episode, or these episodes today, so... Uh... Yeah, oh, definitely you... a string of dark ones. Yes. But not starting off, this one's not dark, just kind of weird. Um, let's, ready to get into it? Yep, let's dive All in. All right. We're starting off with Season 5, Episode number 15, I Was Made to Love You. Originally aired February 20th, 2001, and was written by Jane Espenson and directed by James A. Cotner. All right. Uh, we begin with Buffy and Giles talking about Spike wanting to be with Buffy while she works her aggression out on what is seemingly a punching bag, but turns out to be Xander in a very floofy padded suit. He looks like the Michelin Man. Yes. Um, I don't think they use this suit ever again because Xander's like, I'm alive. I can tell because of the pain. <laughs> not protective enough. No, not very Slayer. I guess she felt like she needed to. So Xander gives Buffy a bit of a pep talk about her finding a better guy than Spike or Riley. He says, maybe you can just be Buffy. Because she's like, you know, I need to be more for guys. I need to laugh at their jokes. I need to do all this stuff. And he's like, well, maybe you can just be Buffy. He'll see your amazing heart and he'll fall in love with you. Um, and the have a hug because that's very nice. Um, and then Xander laments on Buffy's failed romantic entanglement, saying it might just be less of her fault and more of the fact that she lives on a hellmouth. I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah. It's nothing good. No. Cordelia had the right idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, elsewhere, we see a girl get out of a hitchhiker's car. He asks her if she really wants to get out and go into Th Sunnydale. And asks her what she's looking for, to which she responds, true love. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. So after the intro, Joyce is showing Don and Buffy her dress as she's going on a date with a guy named Brian. So great great choice of naming, you know, partners, I'd say. Just great taste. Not to toot your own horn or anything. Right, no, never. <laughs> um, Don says she... Um, Likes the dress because it's mummish, but Buffy says that she likes it because it's sexy. <laughs> um, it's so funny. She's like, are you sure it's not too mummish? And Don's like, oh, that's why I like it. <laughs> um, Joyce is uneasy about getting back into dating and asks Buffy for her advice, which she says um, she's not qualified to give advice, given that her their two boyfriends have both immediately left town upon breaking up with her. I which mean, is fair. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I really liked that line, though. That was fun. And like, sad, but fun. Yeah. It's a little self-deprecating, but also, like, a good point. <laughs> um, Tara and Anya are talking about how Anya has learned to day trade stocks on the computer. Very fun. Uh, basically, Anya was like, oh, yeah, like, I learned how to just make my money into more money. They have a fun little... I, I love Tara's interactions with people. She's so fun. She's like, yeah, I tripled my money. She's like, tripled? So, like, money into money, money, money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're approached by a girl from 
they're approached by the girl from the intro. Uh, she's extremely perky and asks them if they know someone named Warren and where to find him. They don't, and she goes on to ask the next person, like, right behind them. At a party at a college that night, Buffy runs into Ben by a punch bowl. She, play, she tries to play it cool and laughs at his jokes, overly so, like she was talking about doing earlier. Oh, Buffy. <laughs> I mean, Ben's like a charming, funny guy. She didn't need to, like, go that hard, you know? He's like, are you, are you having a complete mental breakdown? Like, what's happening? Also, does he go to... Wait, she's at a college party. He's an intern at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Does Sunnydale, does you see Sunnydale have like a medical school? <laughs> How big is this college? I don't know, because there is a medical school in the episode where Buffy, or where Spike tries to get his chip out. Um, I thought he was just at the hospital. No, because there's a line like, He's not at the hospital. Where would he go? And then to like the medical school. Oh. I don't know if that's on the med- the hospital campus. If it's on Sunnydale, I don't really know. I have no idea. Good point. I have to see how USC set up, and because I'm pretty sure they just kind of modeled it after that, seeing as they used its library in one of the episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know, I know, I don't know what what's happening here. We, we get to experience the ever-expanding Sunnydale uh, landscape as it has expanded since season one where it was, what, the bad side of town was about a block from the good side of town. <laughs> now they have at least two colleges, one of which is freaking massive, and I, I don't know. <laughs> a nice little, like, common shopping area where, like, the magic box is set up. And about 70 different graveyards. And 70 different graveyards, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, man. So um, she's very awkward about her interactions with Ben. Uh, Ben is also pretty awkward about it. Um, Xander and Anya are talking about Chex Mix. (laughs) And while doing so, the girl from before enters the party and Xander seems to be attracted to her immediately. Pretty rude to be this openly lusting for some girl to your girlfriend. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very weird. Not advised. No. No. Um, a guy in the background sees her, um, grabs his date, and tells her that they need to leave, or she will see them. Um, Tara and Anya find it strange that this girl has been looking for Warren all day without finding him. Willow and Xander agree that uh, she will find someone even. If it isn't Warren because she's so attractive. Which also, Willow, what the hell? So rude. <laughs> Spike comes to the party and needles Buffy for a bit about looking for her next ex. Um, yeah, Spike. Buffy basically tells him off and then Ben comes back and offers to get inappropriately violent with Spike if he was bothering her. <laughs> she says, no, it's okay. Uh, and Buffy ge- And Ben gives Buffy his number and offers to take her out on a coffee date, much to the chagrin of Spike. He's in the corner just just glaring at Ben. (laughs) Um, Buffy warns Ben that if they go on a date, it may end up with him leaving town, Uh, and he's willing to risk that tragic chain reaction. 
It would be good for everyone if he did. I'm just saying. It would indeed. Uh, Spike hits on the new girl and whispers something into her ear. She responds by picking him up and tossing him out of the window. <laughs> everyone at the party is very freaked out. Spike is confused. She says it's because of what he said. Um, she says, you can, you cannot. So she speaks robotically uh, and properly. She says, you cannot make those suggestions to me. I have a boyfriend. Warren is my boyfriend. And so he's like, you know what? My bleeding sympathies to Warren. <laughs> storms off. <laughs> oh, man. So Buffy tries to pull the girl aside. Um, and, well, she's happy that the girl threw Spike through a window. She feels like they need to talk, to which Buffy gets tossed across the room. Yeah, not great. And the new girl apologizes and like, I'm sorry. Your boyfriend will hopefully be able to help you heal or whatever. It's like, oh my god. So the Scoobies meet up after the party. Buffy is tired of small, strong women who aren't her. <laughs> They're like, she's like, They're encroaching on my space. I'm supposed to be the only one able to throw somebody across a room with like little to no effort. They all agree that the girl's a robot. <laughs> He's like, does anyone else think that is it? And they're all like, a robot? Yeah, robot. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> no question. No discussion. Um, you can't really ask around uh, for Warren, uh, you know, to protect him because it's so late. Um, Buffy goes to relieve Giles of his watching John duties, or Don duties. And Tara's like, you know, uh, it's probably not that bad. I'm sure they had fun and... Buffy's like, there's only so much uh, Don someone can take. And then it cuts <laughs> to Giles being like, I'm sorry, Buffy, there's only so much one man can take. <laughs> oh, man. Giles says that they listened to pop music, ate cookie dough, and talked about boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least that's like, like they're really getting into where they've aged up the writing around Don. So at least it's not like, at least she's, you know, 14 and not, like, 8. Um, but also at the same time, like, why would she be talking to Giles about boys? She's talking to someone about boys, I guess. Buffy's not around to do it or too yeah, sensitive but, about the subject. Yeah, but, like, her and Tara and Willow have, like, this kind of cool, like, sister bond thing. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Giles does have a fun line where he's like, we listen to music by people who were like hired for their dancing skills <laughs> oh man sometimes things don't change over time <laughs> <laughs> so buffy tells him about the robot he thinks about staying but then joyce comes in and wants to talk about her date so he leaves he's like nope i'm done also uh joyce and i have i don't i don't want to hear that yeah no <laughs> uh so Joyce is like very happy about the date, but Buffy says the date seemed pretty tame since he didn't walk her to the door, which I think they just saved on casting and paying an actor to play Brian for this. Um, then Joyce makes a joke about leaving her bra in the car. <laughs> and then Buffy's like, oh, and he's like, actually, it was the restaurant. And Buffy like, is like, no, I don't want to hear this running upstairs. He's like, on the dessert tray. <laughs> It's a very fun Joyce moment here. <laughs> She's like needling her kids a little bit. 
Um, the Scoobies meet up in the magic box the next day, and they're trying to track down Warren. Xander makes a weird comment about how attractive the robot is. Um, Willow tracks Warren down, says that he went to Sunnydale High for a bit, and then went on to a tech college. They fill Giles in uh, that the robot is less of an evil robot and more of a sex robot. Um, Xander says she's a sex bot. I mean, what guy doesn't dream of that? Beautiful girl with no other thought than to please you, willing to do anything. All the girls, like, look at him. He's like, I miss Oz. He would get it. He wouldn't say anything, but he'd get it. <laughs> he would just kind of be in the background, just listening and kind of kind of nodding, but not actually say anything. <laughs> oh, man. The group isn't too hard on Warren for making a sex robot because being lonely enough to do that probably means that he was extremely lonely. Or just lazy. Like, like not lazy in the sense that, like, he made a very realistic-looking female robot. But, like, was he too lazy to go out and just find himself a real girlfriend? So Buffy calls Ben who is Glory, and then turns into Ben, and then they agree to get coffee. Warren is trying to get his girlfriend to leave in a hurry. He's dodging her questions and honestly being super mean to her, uh, and her name's Katrina, just for future reference. Uh, Katrina, Katrina gets very upset at Warren and leaves. Uh, right as they like open the door, she's like, who is this, like another girl? And then she leaves and Buffy's just like, whatever. <laughs> um, so War uh, Buffy comes in. Warren knows who Buffy is and asks if April the robot has hurt anybody. Buffy says no. And then he dramatically tries to tell her that April is a robot. She's like, there's something I need to tell you. She's like, I know. They're like, no, this you can't possibly know. And then there's like a dramatic pen in on his face. She's like, April's a robot. She's like... Uh -huh. I'm <laughs> yeah. it's so good just the everything about that scene is really well like made yeah it's like great setup warren thinks he's gonna deliver this like cataclysmic big dramatic reveal and Buffy's just like yeah i already knew it's like dude she acts like a robot come on now and the only reason she hasn't hurt anybody is because the two people she's thrown across a room or through a window were also superpowered, even though she didn't know that. So she very easily could have hurt somebody. Um, so at the magic box, Don asks if the robot is associated with Ted. She says, I always knew there could be more of them. <laughs> um, which is a fun callback, of course. Especially due to the fact that she wasn't there when Ted happened. Like it's a kind of it's a it's a funny little Oh yeah, Ted was a thing. Wait, Dom wasn't there when Ted happened, was she? No. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah. So they go to leave, but Spike rushes in in a flaming blanket. Uh, nobody wants him there, especially Giles, who actually pushes him and gets into Spike's face, saying, "We're not your friends. We're not your way to Buffy. There's no way to Buffy. Clear out of here." And Spike, this thing, get over it. <laughs> so it's Spike responds, "I don't know what you mean." And Giles says, yes, you do. Move the hell on. So, very big dad energy. Yes, I love it. Giles. 
Uh, April goes to the coffee shop and asks if anyone there knows Warren. One guy claims that Warren just left. She thanks him and leaves. And then he says to his friend, he has no idea who Warren is. (laughs) Oh, man. So Buffy and Warren talk about April. Warren says that he grew bored of the AI life that he created. It's pretty fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, He then tells Buffy about how he found love with Kachina, his girlfriend, and that they have real love. So he just abandoned April, figuring that her batteries would run out and then he'd come back and that would be that. He did not anticipate her coming after him. What did he think she was going to do? I don't know. I'm guessing he told her to stay there and thought that she would, would I guess, listen to her. But yeah. him, but no. Uh, he figured her battery would run out by that. Yeah, all right. So April runs into Katrina and asks about Warren. Katrina gets upset and says Warren is her boyfriend. April squeezes Katrina, telling her to stop lying, which causes her to pass out. And there's a sound effect that makes it seem like uh, she may have killed her. Yeah, it's not great. No. Uh, Warren tries to get April uh, to go back when they finally find Katrina. And so... They get there, and April is just holding Katrina up, like, off the ground. And he's like, why does this girl lie, Warren? And he's like, uh, April, give Katrina to Buffy. (laughs) Um, All right, so Warren tries to tell April to go back and wait for him at where they were before. Um, And then Buffy says, no, like, you have to actually break up. With her? So he was trying, because she arrived in town at the beginning of the episode. He was literally just trying to send her on a wild goose chase back out of town, wherever he abandoned her the first, like, ugh, I don't like Warren. Um, Warren breaks up with April, causing her to go into combat mode and, like, identify Warren as an enemy. (laughs) Then Warren quickly says that he's breaking up with her because he loves Buffy. (laughs) And it switches the combat to her. Uh, Buffy and April fight. Katrina wakes up, which is good because I, you know, thought that Katrina was probably dead. But yeah. she's not dead. Not luckily. Right. <laughs> uh, so Katrina wakes up, realizes that April is Warren's ex uh, and a sex robot and runs. Uh, just as April is about to crush Buffy's windpipe, she begins to lose power. April and Buffy sit on the swings. Buffy comforts her as she dies. As she is dying, she tells Buffy to be an optimist and says that things are always darkest before before the dawn, but she doesn't get to finish her quote. So Xander is hanging out with Buffy as he fixes the window that Spike got thrown through. Um, They talk about how he's grown into someone who is more useful than he was before. He says, look, I, I'm someone you actually might want to have around now. <laughs> Do stuff. <laughs> um, and Buffy realizes that she isn't defined by having a boyfriend. You know, she's just defined by being Buffy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to just jump into a relationship quick. Buffy calls Ben to cancel coffee, and Glory hears it on the answering machine and is hurt that Buffy turned them down. <laughs> Um, Warren is packing up at his house. Spike arrives to place an order for a Buffy bot. Buffy arrives at home. She sees flowers from Brian. Says, finally, one guy doing it right. 
Um, she calls up the stairs to no answer. As viewers, we see Joyce is lying on the sofa in the background. It focuses in on her. Her eyes are wide open, staring at the ceiling. Buffy asks her what she's doing, and she gets more concerned when she, each time she says, Mom, until it's just kind of on her face, and she's like on the verge of tears, and the episode ends. Pretty heavy thing to just throw in at the end of an episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Joyce's last scene was needling Buffy about, you know, <laughs> you the date. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I gave this a six. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I'll give it a six as well. It's not a bad episode. And if it didn't play into later this season not just at the very tail end but with war i mean we're we're talking about something within this season i don't think it's a spoiler um but you know warren does come back later this season um if he didn't this would be a throwaway episode for me um but yeah i i'd give it a six it's not a bad episode but it's just like there's certain episodes that I feel kind of postpone the story development. Um, this one doesn't postpone it. It just kind of slows it down for a minute, if that makes sense. Yeah, I wonder if they kind of were very like, we want this to feel like a classic Monster of the Week Buffy episode so that the end of this and the next episode hits even harder, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a... Very big blindside. Uh, Subverting expectations. You expect this to be just a Monster of the Week episode, and then... Oh, plot. <laughs> All right, so you ready? Talk no. about that plot? No. <laughs> no. Well, too bad. <laughs> In all fairness, I would never be ready to talk about this, so let's just make sure OBS is doing its thing properly, and let's just jump into this and hopefully only have to do it once yeah we look good on obs front okay all right so season five episode 16 the body originally aired february 27th 2001 written and directed by josh whedon of course um oh boy all right Deep so we begin yeah <laughs> We begin where the previous episode ended, including the scene of Buffy finding the flowers and finding um, Joyce's body. Then we go into the intro. We come back to everyone at a Christmas dinner. The asked Dawn when she asked uh, Santa for Christmas. She says she doesn't believe in Santa. Anya says that he is real, but he kills children instead of giving them presents. So nice Anya interjection here. I'd be very scared of Anya as a parent. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, love it, love her. <laughs> um, in the kitchen, Buffy and her mom talk about a pie that burned. Is uh, there's, there's a really funny line where Josh is like, "Oh, should I open another bottle of wine?" Josh is like, do we dare? And Buffy's like, hey, as long as you guys stay away from the band candy. <laughs> I love band candy throwbacks. I really do. Oh, man. So Buffy goes to cut the pie. It falls and smashes and snaps Buffy back to reality. 
Uh, at least that's how I interpreted it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she tries to wake her mom. Her mom doesn't wake up, so she calls 911. The operator tells her to try CPR, and the paramedics are on their way. Buffy tries CPR, and in her haste, breaks a rib, which I guess is a very common thing. That's what people tell me. Yeah, that's I've heard that as well, that um, it's very common to break ribs doing CPR, but you have to imagine that, like, Maybe Buffy broke more than just one rib in her haste to try to revive her mom with her slayer strength. Definitely. Because it's like immediately. Yeah. I know that the the bone that connects like all of your ribs or whatever, is it the sternum? That they literally have to like, like crack that in half when they do open heart surgery and it's like supposed to be super strong. Yeah. So... I can only imagine what Slayer Strength does, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, So Buffy calls Giles and says, you need to come. She's at the house and then hangs up. The paramedics arrive. Buffy pulls um, Joyce's skirt down, you know, because it was like rolled up a little bit um, and directs the paramedics to Joyce. They begin to work on her. Joyce wakes up. Uh, They're in an ambulance, then in the hospital. And the doctor says Joyce is good as new. Then we get back to reality again, and Joyce isn't okay. She's dead. Yeah. Very tragic and out of nowhere. Yeah. The paramedics say that a kerner is on the way to take the body, and that they got another call, and they have to go. Buffy wishes them luck, which I think is, like, a good, like... Like, no one would know what to do, what's appropriate in that situation. No. No one... She's just, like, like, so shocked. Yeah. It's like you don't know what to say and it's like things are just kind of happening around you. So it's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, when somebody asks you like, oh, how you doing? You're like, I'm good. Like, even if you're not good, it's just that automatic response. So, yeah, that's what I imagine that is. So she's obviously completely unsure of do of what to do with herself and in shock. She walks to the hallway and collapses and then pukes. Um, something that's really noticeable in these scenes in particular um, is that Buffy is, in the scenes that Buffy is alone, is the use of ambient noise. There's wind chimes, there's like people running around doing stuff outside, and it's kind of like the world is going on, regardless of what's happening in Buffy's life right now. One other, like, sorry, one other really cool thing about this episode, like, you pick out that there's ambient noise. There is no background music for this entire episode normally shows and and movies also will use um you know background music or the score or whatever as a way of telling the audience how to feel um they actually oh what was it is it friends with benefits with uh justin timberlake and uh mila kunis they actually make fun of the fact that like you know romantic comedies always use music tell you how to feel it's like oh you should be happy bum 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 or you should be sad bum 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 so it's in this episode there is no score there is no background music at any point because joss whedon wanted the audience to feel however they want to feel and not feel like the the music was directing them on how to feel so it just kind of adds to the like almost shock of this episode is that you are experiencing everything with Buffy. 
Yeah. It's very raw. Yeah. All right. So Giles arrives and sees Joyce and is like, oh, my God, and tries to, like, help her. But Buffy says they are supposed to move the body, which makes things a lot more real for her. Um, we cut to Dawn at school and she's crying and it turns out because a boy called her a freak. Her friend says it isn't a big deal. Like, don't worry about it. Who cares what that guy thinks? Um, so they go to an art clash and she stands next to a guy named Kevin who she might have a crush on. She's definitely like, you know, flirty-ish with him. Um... So he asks about the time that she cut herself. Um, and she's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, no, it's cool. Like, I can relate. Um, so then she's like, yeah, I had some really intense stuff going on. Certainly an understatement there. Yeah. Uh, the boy, um, sorry, they bond over their dislike of a girl named Kirsty, who strikes me as a very court Cordelia of <laughs> this generation. Maybe without their demon qualities, I don't know. Um, so Buffy comes and takes her out of class. Don demands that Buffy tells her uh, what happened in front of all her classmates, but she's like, no, you really need to come with me. They get outside, she really puts her foot down and is like, you need to tell me what's happening right now. And we don't get to hear what Buffy says, but we do hear Don's reaction to it as she begins crying, collapses, and all her friends and her teacher and kevin look on very somberly um i mean assuming oh go ahead sorry i was like assuming buffy told the teacher what happened and then you know or at least like there's a family emergency yeah yeah or something tragic happened or something yeah Yeah. i mean you gotta kind of there was no winning the situation for Buffy because we know that Dawn kind of loves to make a scene. She loves to do that really annoying shrieking thing. Um, so all I can imagine is that like Buffy's dealing with a lot right now. She's in shock and you know she's trying to make this as easy for Dawn as possible with like getting her out of class and getting her like away from everybody that she knows before like at least like out of the eyeline of all the the kids in her class that she knows before telling her this tragic thing that she knows is going to cause a breakdown. But, um, like Dawn is just keep, keeps going like, no, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. So at some point Buffy just gives up and it's just like, I I'm trying here, but you're, so I'm just going to tell you. It's like, yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch Dawn just like collapse in the hallway in tears. So, we see a shot of Joyce in the morgue as they're starting beginning to perform the autopsy on her. Um, then a shot of Willow and Tara in their dorm. Then Xander and Anya silently driving. They double park, but Xander doesn't care. Uh, I was like, you're double parked. He's like, let them give me a ticket. And like, gets out. Um, Willow's having a breakdown over what to wear. She wishes that she could find her blue sweater because Joyce liked her sweater so much um she's really worried about not being able to help buffy through this and is having a bit of like a you know emotional breakdown over the whole situation very understandable Mm -hmm. one obviously sad that joyce died but two like so overwhelmed by what it means for buffy and dawn and yeah and then so in the midst of this um tara and willow kiss and that's their first on-screen kiss Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously a huge 
moments. They yeah. Just kinda, it feels like it's very natural, you know? They yeah. Don't like, they don't, like, focus and make it, like, the what it is, you know? At the, the, I don't know how to put it. But it's, it's kind of like they didn't, they, they, they put it in as something that was very natural. It was Tara's way of trying to get Willow to stop spiraling. Um, it makes me think of there's a moment in Teen Wolf with um, Styles and what's her face? I don't I don't remember the 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 name of the girl that he really liked, but um, he's having a panic attack, and she kisses him, and she had read somewhere that like if somebody's having a panic attack, kissing them gets them to like take a deep breath in and can actually help with the panic attack. That's kind of what it reminds me of. But like, I think that putting their first on-screen kiss in in this moment was actually kind of genius. Because, you know, they didn't have the big dramatic, oh, this is this is the first Buffy or the first um Tara Willow kiss episode. Like that's not what this episode's about. This natural moment was put in it doesn't have the crazy dramatic music behind it of like a are you noticing this audience you know what i mean it's it's just very natural and actually i think the first time i ever saw this episode i don't remember like almost noticing that it was the first time they kissed because it just felt so natural and it was just like yeah that's a thing that that Tara would do in this moment. Absolutely. So they resolve to be strong together and help Buffy and Dom through this. Uh, Xander and Anya arrive. Xander and Willow embrace. The four of them stand awkwardly in Willow's room. Anya isn't really sure what's going to happen here. Um, Xander's worried that it was Glory that did this. He's just kind of looking for someone to blame and direct his anger and sorrow mm -hmm. to. Because um, he also blames the doctors for messing up the surgery somehow. Um, <laughs> Willow makes a kind of joke about fighting her. Like, all right, if you're going to be this way, like, put him up. Um, and it give, that gives him something to kind of break him out of it. Mm -hmm. um, Willow decides that she needs to change again. Anya begins asking more questions about the body. She's confused about the current customs because uh, she's been a demon for so long um and she spent so much time as an immortal demon that so she doesn't really understand mortality anymore like very childlike like how can she just be here and just be gone and not get back into the body mm -hmm. um and she has a breakdown about all the things that joyce won't ever do again willow admits that humans don't really know how these things happen what happens after you die um, Anya finds Willow's blue sweater she was looking for but didn't know she was looking for it so she puts it in the drawer um, I love that moment I'm so sorry because that's the sweater that Willow's been like flipping out about and looking for and Anya sits down in the chair finds it and then like just puts it away in the drawer that's next to her <laughs> oh man Tara had already gone to look for it downstairs in the laundry room um, Xander punches the wall gets his hand stuck in it yeah very boyish behavior from xander um he pulls it out and it's all bloody uh he washes it up tara says that she couldn't find the blue sweater in the laundry room 
Willow says that it doesn't matter. Um, they need to go to the morgue to be there for Buffy. As Xander says, the Avengers need to get assembling. Which I just <laughs> thought was interesting because Joss Whedon directed the first Avengers movie and second. Um, and wrote and directed this episode. Yeah. So obviously he was a big fan even then. Yep. Um, Xander makes a lot of Avenger references through the series and assembling and stuff. Well, and just like kind of Marvel references in general, just with like um, Jimmy Olsen. Or no, sorry, Jimmy Olsen is Superman, which is DC. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was like, oh, and no, that's Batman versus Superman. But Jimmy Olsen's in that movie for a second before he gets murdered I by fell, terrorists. I fell asleep 20 minutes in the Batman versus Superman because I was really bored. Yeah. And then you I, may have seen him. I, I woke up and I was like, because I was watching with my dad and I was like, what did I miss? He's like, nothing. <laughs> so they leave and then Willow runs back in to grab another sweater. Um, and we see Xander's car getting a ticket through the window. Um, the mortician is done with the autopsy. He comes out to meet the Scoobies. Joyce has had an aneurysm. Um, it was possibly a complication of her surgery for to remove the tumor. Though those can just happen to anybody. Um, so it's very sad. Um, Dawn goes to the bathroom. Buffy says Dawn is struggling with this, so she's in disbelief. Um, Willow, Anya, and Xander go to find food for Buffy and Dawn. Tara and Buffy share a moment of bonding as Tara tells Buffy that her mom died when Tara was 17. Um, she comforts Buffy by telling her about the grief she felt and how she's there for Buffy if she needs somebody. Buffy asks her, was it Sonnen, your mother? Um, and Tara says, no, and yes, it's always Sonnen. So I think it's a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn tries to sneak into the morgue so she can see Joyce's body. Um, she locks it behind her. It's just something that I guess she felt like she needed to do to make it real. Mm-hmm. Um, after she locks herself in the morgue, she can't bring herself to look. Uh, and behind her, a vampire s- rises and begins slowly sneaking up on Dawn. Willow, Anya, and Xander return with lots of food as they panicked on what to buy. Um... Buffy goes to check on Dawn and then realizes that she probably went to the morgue. She fights off the vampire, and as she does, uh, the sheet falls off of Joyce. Buffy kills the vampire, but realizes that Dawn's staring at Joyce. Uh, Dawn asks Buffy if Joyce is cold. She says that Joyce is no longer there. Dawn asks her where she went and then reaches out to touch her, and the episode ends as she's about to touch her. So, yeah, that is The Body, a heavy-as-fuck episode of Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. What did, what'd, you, what'd you give it for a rating? I, you and I talked about this the other day. I feel really weird giving this a rating because I feel like if you rate it low, it's almost like saying that you didn't like Joyce, which is not at all accurate. Um, I think I'm just going to go with what you have, and I'm, I'm going to do an 8. It's a it's a fantastic episode from a production standpoint, from a writing standpoint, from like, it's it's just a very 
emotionally heavy episode that is not one that I ever revisit for fun. Like if I'm doing a marathon, I might go so far as to just skip this episode entirely. Not because I dislike Joyce in any way or I dislike anything about this episode other than the fact that it is just emotionally very, very heavy and very, very, like, not dark, but do you know what I mean? No, yeah, it's a taxing episode. Yeah. To be sure. Just because it is very realistic and we talked about it off of the podcast, but it gets more meaning the longer you know, you're alive and the more people that you know and love pass yeah. away, it gets a little bit more of a gut punch each time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's not a fun episode to watch, but it's a good episode. And I give it an eight, like you said, uh, but also noted that it's like unquantifiable in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, I've literally sat here and had chills the entire time we've talked about this episode. Like, I, like literal goosebumps, just because I'm just, like, my body just, like, cringes having to think about this episode. Because I, from an emotional standpoint, I dislike it. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. man. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we... Um... I'd love to say that the rest of the season gets less emotionally heavy, but I would be lying. Yeah, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This this is an episode that you can really point to uh, when you you talk about like the major villain of this this season is just kind of life, life in general. Um, I don't know if you touched on it as we were talking about this now, but like at one point the doctor tells Buffy, you know, there's nothing she could have done. Like the mm. aneurysm killed Joyce almost instantly. Um, so even if Buffy had performed CPR correctly or any of that, like it it wouldn't have done anything. Um, so there are like a lot of just things in this up in this season that are not supernatural based. Like um, you know when when Joyce was going through the whole thing with the the tumor in her head. And Buffy was trying to find some demon to fight, you know, to make it better. Because she's like, I can't just do nothing. Like, don't tell me this isn't supernatural. I've been fighting things that cause harm for most of my life. Well, not really most of her life. She's about 19, 20 at this point. So, but like, you, you know what I mean. Um, for the formative years. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, give me something to punch. Give me something to fight. Give me a way to make this better. And a lot of the bad things that happen in this season are just not supernatural based. They're out of Buffy's control, which when you have tragedies that happen in your life, a lot of the times that's the thing. It's like they're just completely out of your control. So, yeah. It's like uh, like Angel said, his mentality is like, like, oh, do you have a plan? He's like, I want to start punching people, see where that gets me. Yeah. It's very similar, you know thing for Buffy you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna start fighting Let's see where I land so that's this episode um not only is that this episode that's this episode of the podcast mm-hmm. um Jill where can they find you online 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Julian underscore Swan, and that's Swan with two ends. Uh, I've also, you know, we just had one of our episodes go live, and there was some actually some really fun like conversations going on in the co- in the comments. So you can also, uh, if you comment on our video, I'll try to check it and respond back if it's directed at me. Uh, somebody called me out about the uh, oh, what was it? The uh, Nikki Wood Slayer, who was the Slayer that Spike killed in like New York or something um, in the seventies. Um, yeah, and and you know me saying that you know Spike breaking her neck and not drinking her blood was a sign of disrespect. Turns out that that might have been something I picked up from a podcast way back when, um, and have implanted in my head my head as part of my personal head canon. Um, but I mean, having that kind of conversation with somebody is actually super fun to me. Like, um, and you know, seeing the different perspectives that people have. So you can find me if you if you want to call me out in the comments, uh, respectfully, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, but if you want to throw something in there, I'll try to respond if it's directed at me. Yeah, be respectful. I have yeah. enough of uh, on the on the videos that go like pretty you know not viral but get a lot of traction on the other um channel a lot of people saying that i look like uh the kid from gta 5 which not super flattering but uh a lot of enough people have said it that i think i'm just gonna dress up like him for next halloween (laughs) Um, just gonna you know go into the skid as they say but uh Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at the fake BMR, this BMARR, uh, Instagram at SuperMarbro, also two R's. The channel is on Twitter at WG Everything on Instagram at Wicked Everything on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wicked Everything. Remember to tell your friends and your enemies about the Sunnydale Review, and we will see you in the next one. The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. Fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.